0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Welcome, my friend. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to dog father Joey Villani on the show today. Uh, we're going to have a guy, Dave Baker is his name. He has a website. It focuses on a lot of things animal, but one thing I really love about the website is it talks about pet food recalls, and it lists all the pet foods, Ooh. all of the pet foods. Any pet food that you, you could imagine is listed there, whether it's been recalled in the history of the food. And I think this is really the only collection of this kind of database of information that's yeah. really public. And uh, so he'll be on the show in just a couple of minutes with us. Also, Clint Eastwood's daughter, Allison Eastwood, will be back. And as if you might remember, she loves fostering animals.
2: Oh, she's a big animal lover.
1: She's up to some new stuff, including a fundraiser, I believe. And I believe her dad, Clint, has also uh, just adopted some foster animals. So we'll find out about that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Miss Lori Brooks in the newsroom, what's going on today?
3: Well, if you got a cat, hoping that that was going to help you stay mice-free around your home, Uh you might have to get something else. In fact, the, the experts say you definitely will and, and we'll tell you what that is. Two, this, something else, by the way, is, is furry and has four legs. Two
2: cats.
1: Two cats. One. <laughs> That's on the way. First, your calls. Eh, you've heard me rattle off the numbers a million different times. You should have them written down. They should be on your refrigerator. one 405 8405 And we're going to Donna. Hi, Donna. Hello. How are you? Where are you calling from today?
4: I'm calling from Redding, Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, I love you guys. Well, so what's going on with your animals?
4: I have a uh, Tawawa, and she does this excessive licking and kissing. Okay. And, oh, And um, she's getting rust spots. I call them rust spots, like okay. under her arms
5: where she's been licking so much. Yes. So does she have any sores in those areas, or do you just see the discoloration? No. I just see the discoloration. Okay. So, yes. Because
6: she she's bored.
5: Unlikely. So I think a lot of times we kind of think dogs lick excessively for various reasons, sometimes for attention or being bored. And, and, you know, the reality is it's a symptom. So excessive licking is a symptom of something. The trick is to figure out what it is. And in your pet's particular case, you know, obviously she's not in front of me. I would have to examine her to know more, but there's some broad categories that I really look at um, when I have a pet that looks like what you're describing. Um, so there's kind of, Three basic categories that I look at. Um, The first one is things like parasites, things like fleas um, or microscopic. Gopic parasites like mites, and these are things that can be oh. evaluated and treated for pretty readily um, by your veterinarian. so that would be number one. The second thing would be infections. so um, infections can sometimes occur on their own, but sometimes happen secondary to something else and when we see that, we might see sores, we might see redness, we would have maybe an odor, and depending on the type of infection we may need to treat with antibiotics, we may need topical sprays or shampoo or even an anti-yeast medicine. So it kind of depends where we fall. But the third thing, and I'd say the most common thing here in my practice right now, is allergies. And we definitely can see um, problems with allergies either year-round or seasonal, so meaning at different parts of the year. And Mm -hmm. that can cause a pet to be very itchy, scratchy as well. And that's something that we might address in a quick fix kind of situation, like using maybe either a steroid or the new medicine called Cytopoint, um, which is an injection for itching. Um, that can give some quick relief. And then we look at, okay, what do we need to do strategy wise if it's allergies for the long haul? And that might be, you know, maybe some long term medicines, fatty acids, diet changes. So I'd have to say, in your situation, Donna, we could kind of go in different ways here. Um, and unfortunately, with radio, we haven't figured out a way for me to view
7: vets through yeah.
5: the the radio. <laughs> but have you gone to the vet? That's my first question, though. No,
4: I'm um, no, I'm getting ready to take her because I'm going to get her spayed.
5: Okay, good. Well, those would be the things that I would have you ask specifically about, is whether they think it could be some kind of infection, maybe a parasite, or maybe, you know, do we need to address allergies and some relief for that? So that's just kind of kind of streamlines it a little bit and it may be something that they want to treat her skin before we talk about putting her through a surgery because we want good healthy skin especially in the spay yeah. area before we go through that kind of sterile surgery so that might be something also to um, you know question your veterinarian about whether they want to do that surgery right away
4: okay. okay um but people keep on telling me that chihuahuas lick Excessively kissing your face, licking you, licking your hands, licking your feet—that mm-hmm. they do this excessively. And she did not do this excessively.
5: She did not so before. why
4: the que- what's
5: okay. question. Okay. Okay. You know? Well, and so there's licking oneself and then licking inanimate objects. So if she's licking herself, where she's got like the staining on her fur, I first mm-hmm. look at her as you know—is there a medical cause for that?
8: Yes. Okay. There
5: are dogs that definitely have some behavioral traits where they will do excessive licking. Um, and I see that in, maybe some in Chihuahuas, but I see it a little bit more in poodles. <laughs> Miniature poodles are probably the poster child for excessive licking. Um, and some of those dogs will lick the humans. They'll lick the furniture nearby them. They'll lick the air and they can do that for various reasons. Um, sometimes it can actually be a medical problem, like a stomach problem. And they do that um, kind of as a way of uh, releasing more saliva, which helps to calm their stomach and gives them some stomach relief. Other times it can be a, like a obsessive convulsive problem where they do that because they can't kind of figure out a way to cope with your anxiety. And so, so that's a little bit different kind of situation than what we were yeah. talking about with her licking herself. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, so that might be something else if you find that she's licking everything under the sun, <laughs> that we look at that. Um, but it is hard because, you know, if we've got a skin problem, sometimes that lick desire, you know, it, it makes her feel good. And licking can yeah, be a really I- reward rewarding thing it, it kind of releases dopamine so kind of like you know an addict that goes back for another yeah. fix dogs with you know some of these different skin problems or obsessive compulsive disorders lick because it, it starts to feel good for them so oh,
9: okay.
5: so before we say she needs a psychological adjustment let's get her a medical <laughs> check yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks donna for your call toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 I had a cat, and it licked the c- the cement, uh, the uh, concrete, and we found out that it was anemic, and that it was yeah, yeah. What needed well, some kind of a little of-
5: different, yeah. yeah. So when we start licking soil. Or um, the ground or or like concrete, that usually makes us more worried about some kind of deficiency. And like mm. an iron deficiency, anemia is usually the cause of that. Um, so that would be a very extreme case of excessive licking on a specific item. Um, and there's a lot of cats that like to lick plastic bags. It doesn't mean that they have a problem. It's just kind of their little fetish that they like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like what they're licking. That really helps us to decide if it's important or not
1: toll-free 1-866-405-8405 or ask your question from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And let's take another call for the good doctor, Dr. Debbie. We have Jim on the phone. Hey Jim, how you doing?
10: Well, I got a loxolopso that's got I don't know if it's got fleas or I don't know if it's a diet because he's itching and scratching and biting himself till he gets really raw.
5: Okay. What parts of his body is he doing that on?
10: Normally, it's like his rear legs, back in the hind area, and mm-hmm. underneath his leg.
5: Okay. Well, I mean, what part of the country are you calling from?
10: This is. Uh, I, I live in a little town in Newberry Park, California, Southern California. Oh,
5: okay. That's right. You said that.
10: Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. food or something. I like. I don't know because I tried that. Um, Have you put a drop on their collar or something?
5: Okay yeah and the big thing is that when we're talking about the causes of itching um one of the first things in many parts of the country we really have to address very aggressively is flea control and um you know in most places where there's humidity, moisture, and we have temperate uh tem- temperatures that are calm in the summer months, you know we're going to have problems with fleas, and they are just a huge problem in that one bite can cause an itch response that can last for days weeks so it's hard sometimes to see these little critters and they only spend a very small proportion of their time on the pet and um, so we need to do a very good vigilant flea control that might be something like a spot-on product that you sound like sounds like you may have been doing um, but it also is going to require um, finding out a little bit more about what's going on in your pet's skin and uh, when we're talking about allergies that can be a huge cause of itching and there's Food allergies, which are related to the proteins that they're taking in and that a pet can be sensitive to those, um, as well as inhalant or environmental allergies. So there's kind of this whole bag we kind of classify as allergies, but they can be from different types of situations. So food allergies, yes, can cause itching, and it's probably one of the more common things in my area that cause cause itching in the Las Vegas area. Um, But we also want to look for things like those fleas as well as infections, yeast, bacterial, um, and other types of processes that can be going on. So uh, for me, I would take a look at your baby. I would do a nice physical exam, look through their fur. If there's any redness or sores or moisture on the skin, I'd like to sample that because that gears us towards the right medications if we need to go there. Um, so I think that you're going to need to get at least some veterinary guidance on this from someone who can put their eyeballs on your dog, and we can work right. through that. Um, some of the simple things that we can try, at least until you can get to the vet's office, are going to include using things like antihistamines. Um, most dogs can tolerate things like Benadryl, chlorpheniramine, um, which are antihistamines that can help with the itch response. Um, so that can be something that can be used, as well you as... Like a Benadryl? Yeah, yeah. Most dogs can take Benadryl. There can be some sensitivities for some pets that have seizure disorders and things like that. But you will want to confirm that and check with your veterinarian to make sure your pet can take that and that that would be appropriate. But that would be something cool. they can guide you through. Um The other thing that you can do is to use topical therapy. And just like a person when you got, like, say, uh, chicken pox and you're itching really bad, you can take an aveno bath, an oatmeal bath, and there are products that have the similar ingredient that can be soothing to a pet. Um, and it can last for about two to three days. Then the benefit wears off and you got to do it again. So colloidal oatmeal, shampoos, conditioning sprays, things of that nature, would be something you can look for. And that might help at least get you through that point until you can get to that veterinary office and uh, you see what your particular situation is.
2: Dogs gotta go potty, but sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands off for weeks at a time. Then, disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility, so you don't have to rush home. You also spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today.
6: Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Lightning. Hey, bud, Joe Pal Lightning. I was just hanging out in the old cloud here. I thought
11: I'd give you a call. <laughs> I hope you're still not sore about that time I, I deep-fried your big-screen TV with that bolt. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to pay you back for that one, <laughs> for sure. Uh, A little short
8: on cash at the moment, but uh, any day now. (laughs) Yep. Well, anywho, talk later.
6: Lightning won't pay for the damage it causes. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
7: We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting CanineCaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar.
1: It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets, toll free at one 405 8405 Just a couple of minutes, Robert Semro with five dangerous pet poisons found in every home. Five dangerous pet poisons found in every home. Every home. Every home. Wow. Yeah.
5: And I would I would guarantee yes that beyond 5 um you probably <laughs> yeah. have more than that sure, in your house. Sure, yeah. I
1: can think of five just off the top of my head and I'm so uh, Robert's right around the corner with that. Uh Dave Baker next hour was going to tell us about his website and pet food recalls and in just a couple of minutes Allison Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's daughter, a big animal fanatic joins us for her second time here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on?
3: Oh, got a great story coming up. Uh, you know, all animals, actually, and every human, too, eventually will leave this planet. But what uh, somebody did to tribute their dog, probably one of the most special things ever.
1: Okay, I can't wait. I to don't get... know
3: that it's legal or sanitary, <laughs> but we'll tell you what it is. Okay, now you got our
1: interest. <laughs> okay, that's on the way. Just take a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie right now.
12: Hey, John. Hi there, good afternoon
1: Welcome to the show
12: I appreciate it Uh, I have a a five-year-old English bulldog His name's Bodie He's my rescue, he's deaf But he's just all of a sudden done something totally out of the normal He's licking the air And he's going around in circles And I I don't know what's wrong with him I'm I'm scared it's a seizure I don't know what's going down
5: Okay So when he's uh, going around in circles Is it only to one direction or does it vary? Yes.
12: Yes, only one direction only, only okay. to the right side.
5: Only to the right. And what else? Is he anything else while he's spinning? Is he, is he licking while he's spinning, or is he just he's licking, spinning? He's
12: licking while he's spinning. I, I mean, and the tongue is coming out farther than, I, you know, that he does when he drinks water. I mean, it's out there.
5: Okay. And how long does this last?
12: Uh, it could go on for a couple minutes.
5: Okay. And then what does he do afterwards? Marks. <laughs> you said barks not farts right no barks he barks yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) because we know bulldogs do a lot of the other (laughs) two
12: yeah he's he's he just he's like he's angry that he just had this happen to him type of thing
5: okay now and when this is happening does he do anything with his head as far as any head shaking twitching any kind of movements no
12: nothing like that i tried to i tried to hold him when he's when he's doing the the blicking thing so he doesn't start moving around it's it's just it's It's frightening because it's out of nowhere, you know, he's he's sitting there lying perfectly still on the ground like he normally does, and all of a sudden he rips up, starts licking the air, and he starts going to the right-hand side, and, and like he's trying to get something.
5: Yeah, I'd have to agree that to me this sounds like a form of a focal seizure, so not so much like the grand mal seizure that, you know, epilepsy is so typically associated with. But, yeah, um, the kind of like the licking seizures, we see that quite a bit. Um, Some dogs will even have just like one muscle or one body part will twitch or have a repetitive motion. Um, So that would be my first thought. Now, some of the other things, I do occasionally see dogs that do excessive licking, and they might spin um, kind of associated with it, GI disease, so gastrointestinal disease. Um, th- that is a little bit different, and I kind of uh, do a little bit more of a workup looking into the intestinal problem, things like inflammatory bowel disease and so forth. Um, but usually those pets also have some GI signs. So we have, you know, problems with vomiting, diarrhea, uh, problems absorbing their food, et cetera. So I'm going to say seizures t- number one on my list. GI disease is number two. Number three, at the very bottom, um, some obsessive-compulsive disorders. Um, The only reason I'd say that's at the bottom of my list is because um, the licking by itself could certainly be obsessive-compulsive, but it's kind of the manner in which it occurs that I really look at And if, from what you're describing, it sounds more like a, it's like a fugue. It's something that's coming over him and then it leaves. So it's not something that's continuing persistent where he licks everything. Um, So So are are
12: you you telling me to, to change his diet up again?
5: Well, that's one possibility if we're talking gi cause problems. Now, for me, I'd say the number one thing I would talk to your vet about is trying a anti-seizure medicine trial um, because many of these type of problems will go away uh, with a short time on some anti-seizure medicine. So there's lots of good ones out there. Phenobarbital. uh, Zonisamide is a nice one as well. Um, And that will be actually the test, really, is to see, you know, does this go away with the seizure medicine? If so, you've got a seizure problem and then, um, you know, we've got a Clear answer there of what we need
12: to do. Excellent. I appreciate your help, man. It's really, because this is really, he's my love of my life. I really appreciate you helping me.
1: Yeah, that must be That's scary great. when that happens you don't know what's happening.
12: It's out of the clear blue sky and I've never seen it before in my life. So, yes, you're absolutely right.
1: John, we wish you the best of luck with that. Let us know if we need a follow up on that. I'm so proud to say that Animal Radio is underwritten by the fine folks over at Brilliant Pad. You don't need to rush home anymore to let the dog out. Introducing Brilliant Pad. It's the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. This is truly unique, folks. I encourage you to check it out. We're beta testing it here, and we absolutely love it. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com.
2: I won't give it up. It's mine. I'm keeping it.
1: Thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs
9: or cats, horse or emu, animals are peeing. Orlando, Florida is known for sunny skies, sandy beaches, and Disney World. But lately, some warning signs have been going up around town, warning people to watch out for bird droppings. The problem started when city workers moved trees on an island in Orlando because bird droppings were polluting the water. Since then, the birds have moved to the city, covering the streets, cars, benches, and trees with droppings. And they're not sparing pedestrians. One resident called the stench disgusting. Another resident who was hit said she heard it was good luck. Federal law prohibits the bird nests in Orlando from being disturbed. So for now, I'd buy an umbrella. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
7: All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because Canine Caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com.
0: I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today.
10: Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter.
13: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, if you rescued a cat to help you fend off mice, you might need to get a dog, too. Add that to your menagerie. Well, because uh, an international team of researchers is now saying that they have found the combination of dogs and cats together will reduce the number of rodents foraging in and around homes and storage buildings. Cats and dogs have, of course, been long-time rivals in most cases, but when they team up, they keep rodents away better. This according to a University of Florida researcher at the Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences. Now, they're telling us that Dogs or cats by themselves usually are not going to help you get rid of the mice on your farm or in your home, not pest rodents anyway. But then again, did you know not all rodents are pests? For example, scientists consider squirrels, beavers, and cotton rats to really be pretty helpful to the environment. In this study, scientists, however, studied the common pest rodent, which lives in your house or eats farm crops when they're in storage and is usually not native to the area where it is found. By the way, they also studied the fear factor in rodents. Researchers wanted to know if rodents were afraid to forage where cats and dogs together were present. And indeed they were more fearful than if it was just dogs or cats in that area where nuisance rodents scavenge for food and in some cases they do spread disease. Well, you know the bond that you have with your own pets. At home, you know, house pets. You love them. They're family. Can you imagine the bond that would develop if you worked for years in a war zone and that dog saved your life every day as a bomb detection dog? Exactly. You know what I'm thinking. A veteran who served in Afghanistan understandably formed this super strong bond with Treo, a black lab who worked by his side in the British military for many years. And then when they both retired got to love this handler. He adopted Treo, and the two lived out their lives in peace until at the age of 14 when Treo passed away a few years ago. His handler's name is Dave, and he knew after Treo passed exactly what he wanted to do as a tribute to his fur kid. He decided to get a tattoo of Treo's paw print and a poem on his calf, his lower leg. But that wasn't all. You see, Treo's dad and handler Dave also asked the tattoo artist if he would mix in some of Treos ashes in the ink. Wow. So that Trejo oh, would forever be a part of him. Isn't that, that cool?
2: Oh, that is so awesome. I God, I I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I might I have just, to I'll think about that for myself. Huh. Well I, see, I love I those
3: up. that cremation jewelry that they have oh, yeah. where it just uh-huh. A little bead or something, and you put the a little bit of the ashes in there. That always makes me feel a little yeah. better.
0: I'm allergic to gurney, so one wonder if that would be like an oh. eternal, <laughs> you know, allergies. You know, has my soul lived on sneezing and living on an inhaler?
3: Maybe it'll build up your rene- your resistance that's, for the next gurney.
1: Yep, that's
0: what I'm thinking.
3: Listen, after as many years as I've been with this
0: burden, I haven't built up a tolerance by now, Um, I, I doubt it.
2: I love that
3: idea. I think that is so awesome. I think I might have to steal it. I'm Lori Brooks.
13: Get more breaking animal news anytime
3: at AnimalRadio.com.
13: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
6: Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. It's
9: Animal
1: Radio Celebrating the connection with our pets, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to this guy that's made a website, really cool website, that will tell you if your food that you're feeding your animals has ever, ever been recalled. Ever? Ever been recalled. And if so, what the recall was about. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of neat because I've looked at all the foods that uh, we have fed our animals and some of them have been recalled before yeah
2: unfortunately
1: Uh, but there's some that have not that have pristine records and those are the ones that you'll want to know about and you'll hear about them with this guy coming up in just a few minutes right now we head to allison eastwood on the phone hi allison welcome back
14: hi thanks for having me again
1: set the scene are the animals around you
14: (laughs) actually yes there is a cat behind me having his late breakfast and uh there's some uh, foster puppies out in the front yard playing in the Aww. sunshine. So
1: You are into your foster animals. Let me tell you that right now. Of course, you have the website uh, fosterforkids.com. What are people yeah. going to find there? Is that a way to, to hook up with animals that need fostering?
14: Yeah. Um, my rescue partner and I, uh, you know, after doing years of rescue now and really seeing the need to try to get more people out there to help us foster and save lives, we came up with this idea to do sort of a an informational free website for rescues, shelters, and then people who might want to foster uh, or transport as well. So. Um, It's just a great way to connect people uh, via your zip code so you can find people in your area, you know, who, um, you know, might be doing rescue or or need fostering and, and put people together.
1: You know, I'm one of those foster failure guys.
14: You know? Yeah. Well, we we love that and we also hate it because obviously if you foster fail, you don't have you don't have as much room to take in more fosters, but it's so great, you know, to fall in love with with a foster baby.
1: How is your organization funded?
14: Um, we are funded through donations. Uh we usually do several uh fundraisers a year. We've actually got one coming up May 5th here in Hollywood. Um, at an art gallery that we've done now for um, three, this will be our third annual. So we're excited to be doing that and, and then donations from generous people who love animals and want to support.
2: So you're not the only one in the family that does rescues and fostering. It looks like your dad, Clint Eastwood, just got two
14: rescue puppies. Yeah, well, they, they weren't puppies, but yes, he did rescue a chihuahua or or adopt a chihuahua from the S P C A there. Yeah,
10: we're we're just
2: picturing this, a tough guy, big, clean yeah. Eastwood with a chihuahua.
1: I would have suspected he would have been at least a lab guy yeah. or something like that, but a chihuahua, yeah. really? Okay.
14: Well, they've got a couple big dogs that his girlfriend had before they, you know, started dating, and then they've now, you know, adopted they actually rescued a dog another chihuahua mix is you know as i don't know if your your listeners know but we have a terrible problem in southern california and california in general with with chihuahuas and overpopulation so they actually rescued a dog from like a parking lot up in los banos which is a very rural farming community and uh no microchip, no collar, couldn't find any sort of owner. So that, that dog just won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Lives in Carmel Valley with my dad and his girlfriend. So that's wow. great. That's
1: awesome. You know, and that, that points out something really important here. And that is, you know, I still see and still hear about people that will go to a breeder and they will buy a chihuahua. They, they don't realize that they can foster. They can uh, go to a chihuahua rescue. They can find these and young ones too.
2: And there's organizations now that are taking animals from like Southern California because we have such an excessive amount of chihuahuas and taking them to New York and other states so they can be adopted where there's a need for them. There's there's yeah. the abundance.
14: Yeah. We just sent 25 to British Columbia, so wow. we've been sending them all over and I've got uh I've got a couple probably going to Seattle um this upcoming weekend. So yeah, we we send them Away a lot because there isn't uh, the small dog overpopulation problem in a lot of these states, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think it was the Taco Bell campaign that influenced that? Seriously. <laughs> I,
14: I, no, I'm sad. Yeah, I think it is. Taco Bell, I think there, you know, there was Beverly Hills Chihuahua, which yeah, is yeah. a big movie with George Lopez and We've actually been, I've worked on a campaign called Save the Chi, which is on Facebook and George Lopez sort of lent his support to it because, yeah, I mean, the the Taco Bell and then if you remember the heiress Paris Hilton was walking around with Uh little tiny teacup chihuahuas for a long time. And I think all of the different media and exposure and people making it sort of a very popular breed ended up causing this massive explosion of uh, backyard breeding and, people just you know wanting to have chihuahua puppies so it's been it's been tough for them poor guys
1: now oh, you've done a fabulous job and thank you so much for what you're doing with the foster animals and i encourage listeners to check out fosterfurkids.com as well as eastwoodranch.org uh, that's the organization right that's the uh... yes
14: that's our website and that you can find the fur kids there as well but you can also check out fosterfurkids.com and you know, sign up. It's it's completely free and, and the it's a secure website. Your information's secure and then you can be in touch with people in your community and help save lives. It's
1: tempting.
2: I know. I'm looking at <laughs> Hal going, we have enough studio animals here.
14: <laughs>
10: okay.
1: Allison, we hope to do this again soon. Thanks so much for visiting with us. Thank you. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls. Toll-free
0: next. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Geico presents
6: a voicemail from your friend, Tree.
0: Tree here, just calling
11: to say thanks for letting me crash at your place the other night. (laughs) Well on your place
0: it was a rough night i had a bit too much wind and i think i I might have broke your chimney actually so yeah um oh any chance you'd want to drop off my tire swing yeah i mean if not that's cool okay later
6: trees won't pay for tree damage luckily one call to the geico insurance agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowner's insurance
11: people
1: say less is more At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free
0: listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 hey rick welcome to the show how you doing
5: i'm doing great what kind of critter do you have
15: uh she's a black lab she's almost should be five in july and... awesome
5: all right i'm a black lab lover myself
15: <laughs> oh good <laughs> we've got a little problem with her old being overweight okay she's about 90 pounds okay but she rides she's been riding with me in the truck over the road since she was six weeks old and i try to exercise her every day throwing the tennis ball like five or six times a day we do that i mean she runs and runs and runs and she just keeps on putting the weight on
5: all righty well i mean so at the other times of the day then she's riding with you and just kind of sedentary kind of chilling right okay well and that i'm sure is i mean I don't know, maybe I need some more info from my trucker friends here as far as, I mean, that's probably a, a huge problem you have for sitting, you know, in your cab all that time and the pets just, just like you, you know? Um, right. so the big thing I would have to say is being a Labrador, um, uh, now I always talk body condition. So numbers to me don't always ring as true. Um, but if she's a 90 pound and you can say as, or her father, you could say, yeah, she's heavy. <laughs> then, then I trust that, um, because the b- body condition is by far more meaningful than any number on the scale. So, if you put your hands on her chest and you feel like some uh, fatty resistance before you can actually feel ribs, you know, then we then we're talking that yeah, we're carrying extra weight there. And if we don't have a nice little. Uh, inward turning hip, when you look at the top view of your dog or the side view, um, then, yeah, then we're probably in the overweight category there. So yeah. the big challenges for you would be, um, you know, limiting calories, and then increasing your exercise. So I like the idea that you have tried, uh, doing, uh, retrieving and playing ball because that is a great way to help expend energy. Um, so we want to remember that f- same kind of formulas for us about 30 minutes to 60 minutes of continual exercise. So ball playing may not be able to <laughs> fill up that whole time, but leash walking, um, and other types of physical activity, swimming would be wonderful. Um, love those kind of things. Well. Yeah. And you know what? That's such, it, it exhausts them. It really burns up the calories very wonderfully. So, uh, swimming and retrieving for me would be some of the big ways to kind of help burn down her energy level, um, kind of tire her out, and then maybe also supplement that with a little bit of walking, leash walking along the way. Um, right. but calorie wise, we really got to watch what you're putting in the, in the, the doggy's gullet. Um, so if, if we need to get on a serious weight loss program, then I like to go into some of the therapeutic, uh, weight loss Diets.
15: Well, I switched her over to a, a, a healthy weight, and more expensive stuff, and yeah. I only give her a half, uh, one cup in the morning and one cup about four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon.
5: Okay. Now I'm going to caution you because with some of the, you know, there's some great foods out there on the market that are marketed as a weight loss diet. The problem that I have is that for real true weight loss, we really ought to have um, your veterinarian involved in kind of supervising that. The problem becomes when we take weight loss foods that are sold on the general market and we restrict the volume for our pets, we can actually cause problems. Um, by decreasing the amount you feed, you can limit not only the calories she's taken in, but also the nutrients. So we don't want her to be um, nutrient-efficient, and we also don't want her to end up feeling hungry and unsatisfied. So uh, I would certainly uh, check with some of the different local vets in your areas what kind of prescription weight-loss foods they have. There's different ones by Purina, Science Diet, Royal Canin, Iams. There's oodles out there, but really to get on one that is that is made for weight loss. And the idea is those foods have higher fiber. They may be supplemented with carnitine to help burn fat. Um, And those are going to be my best recommendations for diet. And we really look for maybe only 1% to 2% body weight loss per week. So we're going for gradual. We don't want to make her hungry and make her frustrated in any way. Um, The other thing you might look into, um, and for any retriever especially, I'm always suspect with this if we're talking weight issues, is to have her thyroid level screen. Um, It is a common cause of weight gain in many breeds, um, but also um, especially in these Labradors, um, where we can just kind of not maybe eat a lot, but just kind of pack those pounds on over time. Um, And I would certainly personally wish for a thyroid problem to to lose weight uh, if we could all take a magical pill. But, uh, you know, if that is a problem, I would hate for you to miss that and uh, not have that evaluated.
15: Uh, Another question I have. She expects a treat every time that she goes to the bathroom. And that's my fault because I
1: every time. The whoa! Every time she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> you said every so, time she and, goes to the bathroom,
10: and, right? Uh,
15: every time oh. that I get out of the truck and I come back oh, in, and,
5: okay.
15: You know, I give her a, a, a biscuit, Now, I used to give her the medium-sized biscuits. I cut her down to the puppy ones.
5: Okay. Okay. Well, here we go to the nitty-gritty. Now the truth comes out, Rick. Now I know what the problem is. Definitely. She's being over-treated. Definitely. So uh I guess that's the first and foremost thing. You're doing exactly what my mother did. Every time the doggie went outside, even if it wasn't, he didn't do anything, he would fake it to get a cookie. Um So, uh... <laughs> We called them cookie runs in our house because my dog was so smart, he'd run out, come back in, get a cookie and I'm like, Mommy didn't do anything And she'd be like, He tried <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, um, in, definitely, I would say want to go to a high fiber uh, biscuit. So, puppy, if you're talking small, that's great. Um, but if you're talking made for puppies, yeah, those are probably higher calories, and we don't need to go there. We can try substituting other things. So, you can try uh, those little fresh baby carrots. That's a great little treat. Um, you know, you can look at her daily food amount. Though, what you're feeding her, and take one kibble out, and remember that you can't add more in for the day. Measure out her feeding amount and if you're giving her a piece of goodie every time she goes outside she may not have anything left over to eat at the end of the day so you may want to uh, rethink your reward system for uh, how
1: about just like a good girl good girl
5: (laughs) or something like that (laughs) she'll look at
15: me and look at the treat box and look at me and look at the 3 box.
5: Uh, this is where, Rick, it takes tough love. And I can tell you, I got those big brown eyes from my Labradors, too. I treat them maybe one out of a hundred times when they do something on a command. And that's all it takes.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
7: Don't let a scar steal your spotlight. Mederma Advanced Scar Gel is the only once-daily scar care product clinically shown to reduce scar appearance, making it one of the most cost-effective products available. Our unique formulation utilizes patented ingredients to improve the appearance of scars old and new. So to look your best on your big day, trust your scar care to Mederma Advanced Scar Gel. Visit Mederma.com to learn more about our growing family of skincare solutions.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: It's Animal Radio, and uh, last hour we had Allison Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's daughter, on the phone. She's, uh, she's a foster failure. <laughs> 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 Fanatic. Fanatic. Yeah, that was the word I was yeah. looking for. i the foster failure. In fact, her dad, Clint Eastwood, just adopted what do you think? A Chihuahua.
2: That's hilarious. A
1: chihuahua. You can't imagine Clint Eastwood with a Chihuahua. I can, know. You?
2: How cute.
1: You'd expect a bigger dog. This hour Dave Baker will be joining us, and he has a website that, it's a database of pet food recalls. And if your food's ever been recalled, you can find out at the website. If it's never been recalled, you can also find out at his website. I imagine a lot of work to put something like that together. Yeah. And
2: I mean, he has a lot of different things on his website. It's just not all pet food recalls.
1: Yeah, but this is what's really intriguing. Yeah, I've, I've never seen another site with uh, no. any kind of recall list like this. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to him in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Miss Lori Brooks in the Animal Radio newsroom, what are you working on for this hour?
3: Well, there's something out there called a BFR or BFRs. has nothing to do with big <laughs> deals or best friends. Okay. Um, but it can be very, very, very dangerous to your cat.
1: I can't even imagine now. Uh, hang but on. I will hang on.
5: <laughs> I'm not
1: going anywhere. I'm going to stick around today. Uh, let's go to the phones for calls for Dr. Debbie right now.
5: All right, let's go to it.
1: It's so simple. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405 8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani right now. And we have Lorraine on the phone. Hi, Lorraine.
8: Hi, how are you?
1: Good. Where are you calling from today?
8: I'm in Huntington Beach.
1: Oh, listening on coast. How can we
5: help you?
8: Well, I have a cat that brought home a feral cat that's going to have kittens any day. Oh, wow.
5: Oh, <laughs> how nice.
8: Yeah, it's, it, she's beautiful too, but... Um, I'm just not sure if there's anything I should know or do, or should I just let nature take its course?
5: Well, I got to ask you. You said your cat brought home a cat, so like went out and picked up some kind of uh, stray kitty and said, hey, come to my house. I got a good deal. And exactly, I'm let you stayed there.
8: Exactly. Well, that's how I got him. Oh. So, yeah, you know, I've had him for two years now. He, um, yeah, so we're pretty fortunate. Um, so, is he neutered? He's not. No.
5: Okay, so maybe it's his woman then, huh?
8: Right. That's right. Well, that's what happened. Yeah, I'm sure because this happened once before, like a year and a half ago. Okay. So um, anyway, we're not. Um, I'm not. I'm just not sure what to do. Okay. Like well, um, she's outside, and she does let me, you know, pet her, and she does come in to feed to eat, and um, you know, she's pettable now,
9: mm-hmm. but.
8: Um, You know, I don't know if I should try to keep her in or, you know, do I bring the kittens in when she has them, if she has them where I can find them.
5: Okay. Well, there's a a lot of possibilities here, and I guess um, some of this depends on your degree and interest in involvement. Okay. Because we know that kittens that are birthed and live outside are going to be more likely to become feral. Right. And they're also going to be more likely to, uh, you know, die, uh, due to predators, infections, and so exactly. forth. So yeah. if you are prepared to take this new family into your home, then I would have a couple suggestions. Okay. One would get this boy neutered.
8: Yes, I know. Yes. That's very
5: important. Otherwise, he's going to keep impregnating females, and you right. have a population explosion problem there. So right. that would be number one. Number two for her is I would set her up in kind of her own private area. And if she's is she tame, where you can handle her, or is she just no? Tolerant of I let people?
8: me say I can pet her, and she does come in to feed in that. But I tried to keep her in the house the other night, and she just went like ballistic.
5: Yeah. Yeah, she
8: just was and, trying to you know she was trying to scratch out the door and um, she just went crazy. She laid down for a little while and she would paced and then she'd want you know figure she was trapped again or something and so I can't pick her up. Um, okay, right. but you know like I say she so, does come in. She's she keeps she stays pretty much in the backyard right now. She's found a tree that she kind of she's it's actually in a big pot and she's. She's in that like right now and all the all of the time almost now. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, I don't know if she'll have the kittens to somewhere that's familiar with her. or um, when
5: Yeah. So the the trick is that you know if like I said, if you are going to try to help, you know, get these kitten placed into homes. I will. Yeah, we, we will. We, we need will. to. We need to have human involvement with these kittens when they're very young and they need to be taken away from mom at a young age. Oh, okay. So that's, that's very important because they will start to assume kind of those feral tendencies of their mother. Okay. So, so that is very important. And, and if that's not something you're prepared for, I would certainly get, um, on board with some, um, you know, rescue groups in, in town, yeah. um, to see if they can assist you in that no, endeavor I can because do it. that's.
8: I'm, I'm at home and I, we pretty much did it the first time. We had, she had four kittens, and um, I'm just concerned with this cat not being, you know, do I, like you just said, I take the kittens from her, and do I hand feed them, or...
5: Well, usually I would let them, you know, become weaned by mom. And that starts okay. to happen between 4 to 6 weeks. But during okay. that time, it would be important to have the kittens used to human contact. Okay. So, right. you know. Okay. And that's why if mom is in the house, you have some control over that. If that's not possible, you know, you have to realize that some um feral cats would become disturbed if you keep handling the, the babies. If if she's cool with that, then great. Then I would certainly handle those babies all throughout okay. Okay. um their, their kittenhood. Um, and, and you also asked about pregnancy-wise. And um, cats, fortunately, more so than dogs, um, delivery tends to go off without a hitch. But they do certainly have potentials to have uh, complications and, and do occasionally need C-sections for delivery. So um, my general guidelines with that are really um, that most labor in cats, and this is specific for cats, should be over within six hours from the time the first kitten is born to the last um, each kitten, you know, may t- take anywhere from 30 to maybe 60 minutes to be delivered. Um, yeah. So if we have a mom that's pushing beyond that, um, then that could be the sign that she's having a difficult labor and that she needs to see a veterinarian, which opens a whole new ball game for you. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And for the for catching her.
8: Um, mm-hmm. Now, when she has these kittens outside, which I presume she's going to do, do I? If I, do I pick those kittens up and bring them in and put them in an area and will she come in and feed them hopefully?
5: Yeah, you can certainly try that and see, especially if you offer kind of a kind of a quiet area where they have some bedding, they have food and water indoors, and that might help to facilitate her becoming more accepting of things.
8: Thank uh, you. It's just okay. going to
5: depend on kind of what kind of mom and what her behavior is. But, okay. yeah, the more we can handle these babies, the better chance that they're going to be well-socialized, adoptable cats. Okay. And then the other thing to remember is mom needs to get spayed ASAP after okay, delivery. yeah. So, well, I don't know if can,
8: we're going to end up keeping her or not. I mean, it yeah. depends on her. You know, what she might well, disappear after she has these kittens. I don't know that she's going to stay. Yeah, um, well,
5: the thing say- to realize is that, you know, she's just going to go on and keep populating your immediate environment. So, um, if you can't step forward, then I would certainly get animal health authorities involved because she can get pregnant while she's nursing. So yeah. it doesn't okay. mean she won't get knocked up right away. Oh, so that's okay. why I'm Can saying, you, you know, you're going to want to get okay. the babies away from her, get her spayed, and that, you know, if you can't afford getting into that, that's where you know looking to see if you've got a feral cat a coalition in your area, area. or okay. if the shelters offer those kind of services for a neighborhood or in a oh community. Oh my God, you've area. been so
8: helpful. Like, just so many things to think about too. I like, know. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I figured, you know, there would be. Um, I just, you know, I just you know is she gonna have these kittens outside do they Do they pick a place like I say that she's familiar with or is she gonna go completely somewhere else?
5: That, that I don't think is so much what I can predict for you. It's, it's gonna be, usually cats and dogs will seek out areas where they can nest. So they, mm-hmm. they look for bedding materials. They usually look for a quiet area that is protected. And in the outdoor situation, I would say she's probably gonna look for a place that's safe from predators. Right. Other cats or, um, We have
8: possums, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that in our area in Huntington Beach, so. Yeah.
5: All right. Well, Lorraine, I'm going to tell you the number one thing you need to do as a responsible pet owner is get your male cat neutered. That's very important because if you're having this girl hang out, she's going to get he's going to knock her up again. So, okay. you got to get that done and whatever you can do to help this female, Kitty and her babies is great. It's wonderful and I'm I'm sure your neighbors appreciate it as well, but you do need to take care of your male cat. Make sure he's not, you know, contributing to the population issue
14: yeah okay i promise we will this time
1: thank you lorraine we appreciate it let us know how it goes send us pictures when it all happens we'll post them over at our facebook page we did that once we uh we brought a feral cat Mm -hmm. onto our balcony and we put them in a cage a a very very large cage mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh actually put a camera in there and let them be so we we didn't bother her. She didn't feel that she would, her space was being invaded or anything like that. We'd watched them silently off on the side from the camera. And the kittens we had to uh, take away from the mom
2: at four weeks. At four mm-hmm. weeks,
1: so we still had to bottle feed. And the kittens turned out to be very uh, human friendly loving, loving, adorable face. fur yes. balls. Yes. So it's, yeah. well, that's why it's so important to do it at a young age to get them away from mom. Maybe.
5: Exactly. You wait to eight or even 12 weeks and then you lose that window of opportunity to make them yep. social adaptable. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 By the way, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a pug or a mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's book. Her Kindle book is How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend for all of these four
0: breeds here. And we have links from AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405
9: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are to Guests at a Missouri restaurant complained when one of the patrons was monkeying around. Well, mostly because he's an actual monkey. Debbie Rose of Springfield says Richard, her monkey, gives her the emotional support she needs to overcome an anxiety disorder. Without Richard, she wouldn't feel comfortable enough to go out in public, shop for groceries, or eat in a restaurant. The local health department determined that Richard wasn't a service animal because he wasn't trained to do a specific task. But a representative from the Justice Department in Washington said a case could be made for the emotional support that Richard the monkey gives his owner. Until they sort it out, sounds like Debbie and Richard may have to hit the drive-thru. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
0: Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24 hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacord. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Uses directed. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405.
1: It's Animal Radio. Coming up something that's important for any dog owner. If you feed your animals, and cats too, if you feed your animals food, and most of us generally feed our animals food, it's part of the taking care of animals. It's (laughs) a requirement. It is a requirement. (laughs) Then you'll want to be listening to our guest coming up in a few minutes, Dave Baker. He has the recall list since, well, 2007 of all the foods that have been recalled and the foods that have not been recalled, and he's posted them publicly on his website. He wants to tell you all about that in just a few minutes right here. On Animal Radio, uh, but before that, we're going to do a quick check of the news with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour? Uh, I got a story coming
3: up on the oh, if you're wealthy enough to pay for all of it, uh, some of these <laughs> incredible things that you can you can acquire to make your life easier and your pet's life fantastic. Oh. Say maybe uh, yeah, swimming lessons for Sw- your pet.
1: Swimming lessons.
3: Yeah, a wow. pet chiropractor or psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> um uh matching matching manicures with your dog oh there You've you got go. a, yeah the the price card on that
1: i gotta tell you i can't even pay for my own psychotherapist no less my animal psychotherapist but that's Can on the imagine? way i know that's weird i bet i guess we <laughs> love our animals now they're like family so we're treating them like we family. do yes uh, that's on the way let's hit the phones right now and we head to lorena hi lorena how are you doing today
4: well, I have a cat that's been very, very sick. He got in a cat fight. He's a year old. And um, he ended up staying in the hospital for like a week and antibiotics and everything. Well, he's getting better now. But when okay. I let him outside, he goes and starts eating rock, like little slate rock.
5: Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and is he... Is he having any digestive problems, any kind of vomiting, changing his stools?
4: Um, He was vomiting, and then he stopped. Um, No, his stools look
5: good. Okay. alrighty. And you said he's a year old, and is he neutered?
4: Yes. Yes, he He got neutered um, in June. And he's still on antibiotics. He's been on antibiotics for like a month and a half because he was really, really sick. He had... Big old pussy Mm -hmm. holes just popping
5: out all over, you know. Okay. All right. Well, I will tell you that, you know, there can be some kitties that do this strange behavior, what we call pica, where they eat unusual things, whether they're, you know, things like rocks or uh, plastics or household items or you name it. Um And that can be a behavioral problem, but I would actually be a bit concerned with your baby that we might have something else going on. And um, some of the common causes of a cat doing this and eating such strange things can actually be something as simple as being anemic, having a low red blood cell count. For some reason, it triggers an instinctive response, and the animals try to eat things unusual. And that may be that they're trying to rebuild iron or something in their body, um, but that can be a common cause. So for me, I any kitty that does this, I would pull a blood panel, check that, see what his blood count looks like. It wouldn't hurt if he hasn't already been tested for kitty leukemia and kitty AIDS to double-check. He has. He has. Good, good. Yes, Um, because
4: they checked him before I put all this money in him because he was a barn cat, and he said before you go to putting all this money in him, we're going to check him, and he's good on leukemia, and his blood count looks good. mm -hmm. Um,
7: Okay. And then when he was
4: so, so sick, I switched his cat food because he wasn't eating his dry food. I don't know. He was just so weak, but I put him on... um the soft
5: food, yeah, and, and and that's where I was asking if he had digestive things because also malabsorptive problems, digestive problems, whether that's something short term that's a result from his illness or if he's got something on just kind of ongoing. Um, but uh, diet management, so keeping him on a food that he can digest well that produces good poops. In some kitties, I will also, if they're doing this just as a therapy, I will try vitamin B injections, um, cobalamin okay. is the specific B vitamin, and and do that um, at least on a weekly basis just to see if that helps. If it does, that may give us some um, support that he's got something more digestive in nature that we need to investigate and to look at. Um, And that's something your vet can do pretty easily. Okay. Now, Uh, we
4: also lost a lot of weight. Is there something I can do to help him gain weight?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a lot of this is going to go back to getting him through this illness, so making sure his health plane is good. I will often, even if we don't see worms, I deworm a kitty. Um That also helps to treat for some of those worms we can't see, like stomach worms, which never even oh. passed in the stool, um, and they pick up from eating insects and things like snails and so forth, so uh, deworm him. I would see about those B vitamin injections and then okay. um, make Make sure that, um, you know, you stay on top of that, that red count. So if he's still not pulling around, I may even want to recheck that CBC just to make sure he doesn't have a problem there. And then, you know, a lot of it's also going to be a little bit of human supervision and kind of keeping him on either harness if you need to when he's outdoors. Um, if he's not where he's 100% well yet, I, I really wouldn't recommend him have full rain outside. Um, that might just be a little too much freedom for him right now that he could get into trouble and you can't supervise what he's ingesting at, at that point. So.
9: A little- He
4: doesn't doesn't stray far from the house because he's so weak. Uh, We just put him out, you know, so he can get some sunlight and walk around.
13: Mm -hmm.
5: Um, Just keep him away from that gravel. (laughs) We don't want him eating that gravel because then we'll have another whole problem to deal with there.
4: We have like slate. It's like a slate rock, and there's only certain spots that he goes to eat
5: this. Yeah. And, and like I said, that's that maybe something that's more of an instinct that he's triggering, that he's feeling like he needs to get some important minerals, iron and so forth. Okay. So, um, keep that leash, you know, in your hand. You can control where he goes and just limit those times of exercise outside where you know he's going to be safe and he's not going to get into that. So I'll oh, give your baby a pat. My goodness, it sounds like he's been through a lot medically going on there.
1: Thanks for your call, Lorena. Good luck with that. 1-866-405-8405. That is toll free to our dream team. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. It's available over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
2: Dogs gotta go potty, but sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands off for weeks at a time. Then, disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility, so you don't have to rush home. You also spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com today.
0: Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. So I got two sandwiches for four bucks.
1: And I gave him one. And I gave him a thank you.
0: Get two croissant sandwiches for just $4. Now made with 100% butter for a soft, flaky croissant. Only at Burger King. Price and participation vary.
13: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. If you heard us teasing this earlier, we're going to talk about what those BFRs are. Yes. Uh, Your cat, yeah, it turns out, is a repository for chemicals Found in your home, and as as scientists suspected, tests show that harmful chemicals can actually accumulate in the blood of normally healthy cats. Researchers found significantly elevated levels of these BFRs, which are brominated flame retardants, um, and they found these in the cat blood samples. What they are is um a class of chemical compounds that are used to make electronics, clothing, uh, furniture, I imagine even carpeting, less combustible or more flame retardant to put it the other way around. The latest research in the journal Environmental Science and Technology shows that these BFRs can become dust particulates and then enter the bloodstreams of indoor cats. And and also, think about this, because of their tendency to put anything and everything in their mouths, toddlers and small children also have exposure levels of, uh, similar exposure levels of these BFRs to house cats. Mm. So what do BFRs do once they're in your cat's body? Well, for felines, they are known to be endocrine disruptors, which can lead to thyroid disease later on in life. And thyroid cancer, I've had a couple of pets who've had that, that's not... That's not a fun thing to go through either. Well, when two Hartford, Connecticut, police sergeants got a bad tip long time ago about illegal weapons on the Harris family's property. This was more than a decade ago. The family says the police came onto their property with their guns out of their holsters and they were looking for an abandoned car with a weapons stash. But that did not exist. So the search turned up nothing, and it was fine until, as the officers were leaving, the family's daughter accidentally let out one of their St. Bernards out the back door, and the dog approached the unfamiliar officers in his own territory, and the dog was shot twice in front of the daughter, the girl. The Harris family then sued police there, stating that uh, this legal battle then continued for 11 long years. But now, after all that time and these multiple trials that happened, the city of Hartford has finally agreed to settle the case for nearly $900,000, three-quarters of which the family says will go to legal fees. But, you know, we hear about this kind of story, exactly that same story, um, a lot. So if you see police at your door and they're, you know, you can't imagine why they're there and you have a dog, I think I would put them away in a room and make sure that those two never came in contact, your dog and the police officers.
0: Hmm.
2: That's sad.
3: It is, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Hey, when, it, when a New York shoe designer brought home two poodle puppies recently, poodle puppies, uh, she knew that she had her hands full. Well, one puppy's enough, but admittedly, this woman who was 55 said she was a, a terrible disciplinarian. So like many dog owners who, you know, don't really want the responsibilities, she called a trainer. She wanted to make sure it was done right and she enrolled the pups in one week of boot camp at the cost Of $4,600 for one week for both these puppies. No way. I swear this is in New York and, uh, New York City with the option of adding ongoing maintenance for $8,000 a month. God, I could, that could just do one dog and that would be enough for me. (laughs) Really? That's like more than my year. Yeah. Um, but boot camps aren't the only services. You know, and trainers that pampered pooches, and we owners can pay for these days. There are things like swimming lessons, food delivery services, chiropractors, even shrinks. And if you're like me, I, I always think it's fun to know how much stuff costs, just in case I'm interested. So, for example, let's see. You can have your vet in New York City make a house call, and that, just for them to come to your house, is 250 bucks. Wow. Um a pe- chiropractic visit, uh, and I would say, you know, a small animal because it would be a different price if it were a horse, uh, but about $75 and $100 if you're going to sign your dog up to have a massage. For $80, <laughs> though, this company called Doggy Day Trips will take your furry child on a hiking excursion to a state park nearby or the dog store's summer camp. They will take your dog to the beach and give it swimming lessons, for a hundred and fifty bucks a day. But but that's really a good deal. And that includes chauffeur service. Of course. Um uh, yeah. yeah. Sure. There's a, a pet psychiatrist in Brooklyn who treats anxiety, aggression, fear, even depression in dogs. And he's got more of a flat rate uh scale. Pay structure it 's six hundred and fifty dollars per case and, and that but I mean think about it I mean that could go on forever i 'd rather have a flat rate if you have a psycho dog um, <laughs> and that will it, it usually includes he says one visit as well as however many follow up phone calls and moms, you can even treat your dog to nail art that matches your own manicure. There is one grooming salon in New York City that charges thirty dollars for a pet pedicure that 's reasonable and s- yeah, seventy five dollars if you have it done with rhinestones. Okay. <laughs> not bad, huh? Okay, I oh would do that. I you know, I knew Judy would be first in line <laughs> to sign up for that.
0: Uh, oh boy.
2: And then she would need the psychoanalysis yeah. the dog would afterwards and yeah. all that. <laughs>
3: Well, I can't have any more dogs until I get another job, apparently. So. <laughs> have fun, guys. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news
13: anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
6: Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
1: Let's uh, hit up John. Hey,
10: John, how are you doing today?
6: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for uh,
10: taking the call. What's going on? Uh, Just a quick question. Um, I I have a 10-year-old dog. Got a, a little growth a couple of weeks back that looks like a little sty or a wart or something on her left lower eyelid, um, but it doesn't interfere with her blinking or anything like that. I'm just worried, wondering if that's something I need to check out.
5: Yeah. Now, what kind of doggie? I'm sorry.
10: She's a, a, a butt from the pound and like stuffers, and I got her off res. And I'm told okay. she cowdy mix.
5: Okay. And is the lump? Is it on the inside of the eye? On the outside? What what uh, area? Coming in it's from the, the nose outside. to the side. on the outside, okay well the the good majority of of little masses along a dog 's eyelid they tend to be benign growths, okay. um, and of those, they most commonly are a type called a meibomian gland tumor. So that's by far the, the biggest um, cause of these type of things. So those type of things, not to say they can't cause a problem, sometimes they can actually get pretty big. Um, they'll kind of even get a color, cauliflower-like growth off of them, and they can rub on the eye. So um, some of these really can cause ulcers in the eye or discomfort. So... Um, um, the treatment of those, um, first I'd say, you know, get a look at it. If you'd hold her up to the mic, I can, you know, try to <laughs> get a picture of
14: things.
5: Um, but, uh, you know, getting a, a vet's eye on it is a big thing because sometimes there are types of lumps and bumps that get us a little bit more excited. Um, if they're pigmented, kind of a black color, sometimes that gets us a little bit more concerned because we can get melanoma, a more serious tumor that occurs on the eyelid. Um, and then some types can be a little bit more destructive to the area, um, like squamous cell carcinoma. Um, you know, people are aware of that because of the sun-related issues. So that for dogs, too, can occur on the eyelids. So, um, that, so what that's my argument. Do?
10: would you Would they zap it off and, and test Sometimes. it? Or what would they?
5: Yeah, so when we have an eyelid tumor, pretty much um, we have to remove those type of things with a pet under anesthesia. And I get that question all the time. Can you do it with my pet awake? No, not going to happen. <laughs> not many dogs will sit for that. So th- from there, but yes, we can do a couple things. We can, if it's large and it goes into the lid, we might do kind of like a V-shaped wedge. So we take out a little wedge of the eyelid and sew things back up. Um, if it's small and doesn't seem to go very deep, then yes, we can um, kind of cauterize that either with um, a, an electrocautery at my office we have a laser that we use and that helps to kind of uh, ablate the tissue or just kind of um, destroy it on the surface so that technique can you can be used for some of the smaller um, or less uh, less serious ones if we're worried that it's a more serious tumor we're going to probably go for that v wedge because we want to get nice clean margins and, and solve that problem for you know the long haul how so, much yeah. can you feel so
10: I... by looking at it if you if I, if I brought her into the office can you look at it and say yeah, it looks like this or it looks like that?
5: In some cases, yeah. Um, usually, um, but I would say just because the great majority of these type of tumors are meibomine gland tumors. And, you know, the breed sometimes gives us some clues because we know that there are um, some dogs like Poodles, Cocker Spaniels, um, Collies, that tend to get these um, benign eyelid tumors a little bit more frequently. So um, if we've got that, there's sometimes a little bit of the odds game we can play to, to help. And I, that may not help your situation since you have a mixed breed <laughs> dog. Um, but uh, well, it's potentially added. I
10: was wondering whether or not to make an appointment. So it sounds like I
5: should. Yeah, absolutely, I would definitely encourage you. And you know, it could be something we can handle pretty simply. Um, and just sometimes a little bit of you know monitoring, watching, and waiting yeah, is acceptable for these type of things.
10: Beautiful. Uh, I will uh, keep an eye on it, but I'll, I think so I'll make an appointment for next week as well. Thanks for the uh, information. I sure appreciate it.
1: Thanks for the call, John. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five.
0: This is Animal Radio, baby. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
2: Dogs gotta go potty, but sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad, the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands off for weeks at a time. Then, disposal is fast, easy and clean. Brilliant Pad gives you freedom and flexibility, so you don't have to rush home. You also spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to brilliantpad.com today.
0: Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. So I got Tucker sandwich for 4 bucks and I gave him one. And I gave him a thank you. Get two croissant sandwiches for just $4. Now made with 100% butter for a soft, flaky croissant. Only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's
1: Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And in just a couple of minutes, we'll head back to the phones for Dr. Debbie and for Joey Villani, toll-free. 1-866-405-8405 one 405 8405 But first, I want to visit with Dave Baker. And Dave has a website called Petful, P-E-T-F-U-L. Hi, Dave. How are you doing?
11: Hi, Hal. Pretty good. How are you? Very good.
1: So what is the site all about? What made you create it? What is it?
11: It's about pets. It's about um, we try to present resources and information for people with pets and try to give them um, some veterinarian-written articles And we also just try to have a good time and have some fun stuff. We are tremendous believers in supporting animal welfare causes. So we, um, you know, we make some money from advertising and we take a lot of that and we give it back to the animal welfare community. And, yeah, I mean, that's Puffle in a nutshell.
1: I'll tell you why I love the site and I was immediately attracted to it. Because there are a lot of pet sites out there, let's Mm -hmm. face it. Sure. your site has something that I just have not seen yet. It has a list of recalled food, dog food recall list. These are foods that have been recalled, and it also allows you to look up your food to see if it ever has been recalled. And I think right. th- this is something that I have not seen anywhere else. It must have taken an enormous amount of research to do that.
11: Right. Well, we're, we're working on it, and we're continuing to build out the brand search thing, but we've been following recalls. Um, For a very long time, actually, uh, we have information up from, you know, pre-2007, 2007 2007 being a pretty key point in that sort of um, pet food recalls because of the the huge uh, menu foods recall that left uh, hundreds of pets dead um, because of some tainted food that came over from China.
1: Yeah, that was the melamine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Right. So in, right. does your site, because there's a lot of food recalls that can occur, say, due to contamination from salmonella, does it also track foods when they're recalled due to, say, an ingredient imbalance, where they say there's too much vitamin D and that could be dangerous for the animals?
11: Sure. I mean, it gives causes. Um, you can't really look it up at this point. You can't look it up by a certain type of, you know, of reason. But- Just whether
1: it's been recalled or not. Right. If it hasn't been recalled, it's also listed there, right?
11: Right. Uh, this is a new thing we started probably, uh, well, a couple of years ago. We said, well, people should be able to look it up by their brand. Just do a quick search and see. Even when they're just standing, you know, in the in the pet store looking at foods, they can go to their phone and just do a quick search. So you can search, uh, you know, your brand. We'll say wellness. And if it's been recalled, it'll show... That there are recalls, and it'll give a list of all the recalls that are, that we've found over the years.
6: Are you? And ast- if it hasn't,
11: it'll also say so. It'll say hasn't been recalled yet.
1: Are you astounded at the amount of recalls?
11: It can be overwhelming at times, but you really have to kind of put it into perspective. I mean, there are really two ways you can look at it. You can say, well, foods are being recalled because there's a lot of bad things going on with the manufacturers and the ingredients, or you can say, well. You know the system of inspections and and the oversight is is working like it should. So
1: yeah, I get that maybe, totally. Because you could be the, you the
5: optimist here, the Hal. <laughs> well, no, I,
1: I'll tell you why I get that is I also get recalls for human foods too uh, in my email box, and that happens. There are dozens a week, so there's right. a tremendous amount of food that's being recalled, both human and pet foods.
11: I think we did a story last year looking at the. The top-selling pet foods on Amazon, you know, I call them the most popular foods, and we, we saw that um, all but two of the top ten uh, had had recalls at some point over the years. Wow.
3: Have you noticed anything among those seemingly, I guess, rare ones that, that haven't had any recalls? Have you, have you noticed that they have anything in common?
11: Um, no, there hasn't. There's not really a common thing other than, I mean, obviously, Pet food manufacturers are very concerned about quality. I think you can say that about any of them. I mean, one, did you really just with, say
3: that? Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I,
11: I don't believe that. But, yeah, know, I, I will say. No, that, because I, um,
3: Dave, I read the the report on the Evangers recall and you know okay. what had preceded that with the uh, the USDA inspections and stuff. And I can't imagine walking into that plant, just walking in there. Knowing that there were no bathroom facilities indoor and there were no facilities where people could use a restroom and wash their hands. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was, then that plant was built so poorly that they, there were places they could not even get to to clean. And it, you know, it kept coming up in inspection after inspection. Um, right. that's really scary. It makes me,
1: it grosses me out really, I guess.
11: We, we did find it very disturbing. We followed that pretty closely.
1: Do you find that a lot of these recalls, some of them will happen two or three in a row, all because of the same problem? Three different brands, what are they sourced from the same place or at the same plant? Is that what usually happens, why they're all recalled at once?
11: Sure, that that happens often. A lot of these foods are what they call co-packed together. Um, they're made basically made by the, the same facility or in the same place, and so they'll have something like a piece of metal gets in one of the cans, and then the other... You know, some of the other brands just that were produced around the same time in the same facility, they'll also have a recall.
1: Check out the website petful.com, P E T F U L.com. Dave, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Thank you. Well, there you go. That's all we have time for today. If you need to get your fix, visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the animal radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. It's new, it's improved, and it's updated. And we'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station.
9: Bye bye. See you next week. Always
10: adopt, don't This is Animal Animal. Radio
12: Network. (laughs) Network.